Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. This episode, we're talking about exactly how to get what you want out of life. Too often, we think about money as an end. We know we need more of it, but we're not sure exactly why. We don't even consider how we can make our lives better. So today, we're going to talk about how to figure out your financial priorities so you can adjust your relationship with money and design a life you're excited about living. I'm your host, Stacey Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hello. I'm super excited. I love this topic. <laughs> Me too. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Hello, everybody. How you guys doing? And today, we are honored to have a special guest, Michelle Jackson, a financial writer and podcaster specializing in facilitating impactful conversations about money. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Um, by the way, are those Emmys behind you? Those are Emmys behind me. Oh, oh those things? I didn't even know they <laughs> well, were there. Those old things. <laughs> I got distracted. Things. I'm going to bring my A game now. Oh you God. better bring your... And by the way, I, I don't even understand your introduction. You're, you're facilitating impactful conversations about money. I'm, I got lost. I lost the thread. We're, we're going to find out. We're going to get this ball rolling, folks. But first, a quick disclaimer. Should we discuss specific investments in this show, do not take them as recommendations. Why? Because they're not. Before you invest in anything, you've got to do your own research. You've got to make your own decisions. Okay, before we begin, Michelle... Tell us a little bit about yourself, your relationship with money, and how it's evolved. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> you weren't prepared for that, huh? That, that, I mean, it kind of was, but still, like, when you verbally say it, it's like, a, that's a lot. So um, my name is Michelle Jackson. I am in the personal finance space. I do like to say that I am not a professional. Uh, I am not an expert in my view when it comes to money. I feel like my relationship with money and, and learning about it is ever evolving and, and ever changing. I don't have credentials about money related things behind my name. I have credentials for other things. Um, I love to have conversations about money and, and um, why I even got into this was because I had um, a lot of very negative, impactful situations that influenced my finances for a very, very long time. Um, and so I, I unfortunately that that those influences, those experiences still influence my money now. Um, I run a website website, excuse me, website podcast uh, called Michelle's Money Hungry. It's award winning, not an Emmy award-winning <laughs> show, maybe one day, but it's an award-winning uh, podcast and website where I talk about all things money. And my goal is really to um, approach personal finance in a much more entertaining and impactful way, uh, leading with empathy and, you know, just a lack of judgment. Um, right now we're having a conversation out in the world about student loan forgiveness. And it's been really interesting to me to see how people are reacting to the possibility of this happening. Um, obviously this isn't the show for that conversation, but I'm putting together a series of content around that conversation because I feel like um, there are people that I wanna hear from uh, about this in a different way than like these quick takes where we're, you know, these hot takes where no, yes, you know, yeah. um, so, so I just, I love talking about money. I was going to get an economics degree back in the day and people made fun of me in college and they're like, they're only old white dudes getting economics degrees. 
I have and, an economics I degree. Looked, <laughs> <laughs> I have an accounting degree, which is basically the same thing. It's the same thing. And so I looked around my pro the program, like the courses. I was like in prereqs, and I was like, oh my god, they're right. And I felt really weird about it. And then I went and got a poli sci degree, um, and. I had this idea that I would go into politics or I would become like my dream job was to become secretary of state, actually. Um, Which state? Uh, <laughs> of, of the United States. Oh, yeah. Of the United okay. States. And uh, I wanted to be like a Madeleine Albright kind of person. Uh, Except a lot. Without the pit. Well, you know, not dead, but without the pit. <laughs> um, and and I wanted to really have a global impact. And and ironically, I talk about money, even though I ended up not doing that thing. And I talk a lot about policy, which my master's is in public administration with the emphasis on nonprofit organiza organization management. So how I'm doing it is very different, uh, but it's still using the skills that I, and, and, and content and just focus that I care about. So it's, it's weird how that that's worked out. You know, actually, Michelle, that's a great uh, transition to what I assumed this was going to be about. Sometimes we don't know what we're <laughs> going to be talking about. This may be one of those times. But getting what you want out of life. Mm. Is, is that an appropriate title for what we're going to talk about today? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it? Well, it's, I, I mean, that's, that's what I assume this was yes, going to be about yes, because it's Miranda talking. doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> Whatever. I, give you, I gave you this outline two weeks ago. Everybody well, had this outline two weeks ago. You can't just give me something, Miranda. You have to show it to me. You have to read it to me. Oh, my God. But anyways, Everybody but had this okay. outline two weeks ago. <laughs> Okay, so fine. much has happened it's been a lifetime ago <laughs> but, but no really it's, so, it's it's we talk right i mean you know money uh a lot of the time we say like oh money can't buy happiness but um yes it can exactly <laughs> but i'm but, sick of hearing that but there's ways around it yeah, but I mean, so, right? Okay, like well, you take over, Miranda. Then yeah. you lead us in this discussion because I obviously am just a, you know an old white guy who doesn't know what the hell's going on. So no, take, you can take know where you want us to on. go. No, but so, but seriously though, like I mean, when we talk about money, we're always like, oh, I need more of it. But nobody says like, why do I need more of it? And how are we reevaluating ourselves? And I think um, part of what the pandemic did, if you look at the Pew Research. Uh, center, they, they saw that about one in five Americans, so about 20% of Americans said the pandemic made them really reevaluate their lives. And then there are a number of people who, uh, when you look at like the reasons they're moving across country, uh, have to do with COVID. And so that really made a lot of people take a step back and say, wait a second, why am I doing all this work for all this money? What is the end game? How do I reevaluate my life? And so, um, and so Michelle's talked about that as well, like the importance of protecting time and, and all of that. And so uh, if you could talk to us a little bit about that, Michelle, about like how you've changed your approach to how you make your money, how you manage your money, uh, and how you're protecting time, which is not a renewable resource. Uh, great question. And I think I'm going to start from the beginning, which is why this even happened. So a billion years ago, I lived in France. Um, and I actually, before I lived in France, I did a program called Up With People. And it's an intercultural, that. yeah, like it's still, it's still alive. Um, it's inter intercultural international um, program where, where participants travel the world, they volunteer, and they also um, live with host families. Michelle, weren't they weren't they headquartered in Tucson, Arizona? Yeah, but they're in Denver now. They're they're okay. I used to, I, used to be, I went to the University of Arizona. I knew people yeah. who were in it. That's why I asked. 
Um, they like, they are definitely they do the reuni- reunions in in Arizona, which actually is unfortunate because I boycott Arizona. So I have to also make a decision. <laughs> no, I have a big I have a big uh, reunion does. this summer, my birthday weekend, and I have to figure out if I'm going to go. Anyway, anyway. Uh, my point is, I did this amazing program where I was traveling the world with 130. Uh, adult students and staff, we were adults. So we weren't like children, um, ranging in ages between, I'd say 17 to 35 because of the staff, it's 17 to 40. And so in that year long experience of just having conversations about different parts of the world and what people had access to and how their lives were, I was like, wait a minute, there are a lot of great things about America, but we have issues. And so um, then after that program, I came back and I was like, you know what? I really want to live abroad for a while. Like this is an experience that I think would, that would be really impactful for me. And I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to make it work. So I ended up working at Marshalls in Boulder on uh, a wrap, is it wrap out? No, anyway, Marshalls in Boulder <laughs> on, on 28th. And I worked there for, for, I'd say seven or eight months easily, like as many hours as I possibly could and saved up the whopping amount of $4,000. And I like, it was about $4,000. And I found a program that was in its inception. It was this first year um, in France. And so I ended up going to France, going to the Sorbonne and technically maybe finding work <laughs> so under it's an the art, table. Yeah, an art program. No, 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 no. A language program. I'm not a language. Artist. Okay. So I was, I went to study French. Um, and I literally spent for six months, $4,000 and it really impacted and influenced my life. Like I, I lived in France and I saw their pace of life and their quality of life. And I should say, I live in Colorado. Like my col- my, my quality of life is pretty good. Um, and so when I came back, I, it just always like this experience always kind of resonated with me. And then eventually I had, you know, the family problems with money. I ended up going into work life here in the U S and I loved my job. I worked with international students coming to the U S to learn English as second language. These were adults as well. So these were like 17 to 65 year olds. And we'd have conversations again about their quality of life and their pace of life. And I just got to the point where I was like, something is wrong here with the pace of life. And and it was significant to me because I knew that my quality of life in, in Colorado was just so good in comparison to other places. So I had visited 45 states. I'd had lots of conversations. It wasn't like I had only been here and I had this narrow scope of experience. And so what I learned, the, the reason why I'm sharing the story is I learned a few things, which is um, in my work, it was great, but it shouldn't have been my life. Like I, there's the whole like work to live, live to work. And, and I just was like, my life is only so long. Like I could live a hundred years and that is an, a significant human life, but that's a blink of an, of an eye and all of us, I, I think we're over 20. <laughs> we, can, we can attest to the fact that like life happens. 
And um, in my professional job, as much as I loved it, and you know, I there came a point where I was just so tired. I was commuting. My commute was uh, became a long commute because they were working on the highway. So it would be two hours each way. So, and it wasn't just me, like the same people, we'd commute for, for years together and we would sleep on the bus because we got a free eco pass. So all of us would just get on the bus, fall asleep, and then like wake up at work, right? So is this like a search for fulfillment we're talking about then? No, it's I, how much time do I have in life? Okay. It's like just a basic, it's not fulfillment. It's just how much time do I have to be with myself, with the people that I love to do the things that I care about to, to clean my house, like just on a basic level. And it's not even, it's not even close. It, it doesn't even touch fulfillment yet because I don't, I didn't even have time to do a thing to date. So it just it became a thing where I was like, this is, this sucks. And well, I so think you've I described would, life for a lot of people. So yeah, what, well, what is the I solution mean, for this? So the solution, it's interesting because I think COVID really, like I hit this point at, in 2014 and 2012 and 2014 when I actually finally quit. And when I quit at, at like 2012, I was like, I, this isn't sustainable. And then I stayed two more years. And I quit in 2014. I, I literally, when I put in my notice, it was a long notice because I was the only person doing my role and it was immigration-based role. It was very significant. I bought a ticket to go to Hawaii and then to um, Air, um, Australia for two months just to de decompress. It took me a year to feel physically well, right? And so there are a couple of things I would say about this. One is COVID, I think, has really made people reassess what they feel like is sustainable and what makes sense for them in their lives in terms of just like time that's spent as output for work. We understand that jobs will let you go. Like the emotion that a lot of us have had around our work, I think finally has been removed um, where it's like, be clear about this. It's just a job. And your job will replace you if you're not doing the thing they need you to do. Or um, as my friend Sandy Smith has brought up, she she's worked in human resources. They could just look at a budget and they could love you and just be like, you know what? We love you, but we got to eliminate you because your role pays such and such amount. So just having Americans remove the emotion attached to their work output and their their job, I think is number one. You can leave because they will leave you. They will drop you like a hot potato, like a bad date, like your job will drop you. Once you have that freedom, it changes the kind of choices that you're going to make around. That makes some sense. You um, know, you know like, Michelle, oh, let me, I'm sorry to cut you off. Let me do this. No We've got to take a really quick break because um, okay. we've got to pay some bills. But, oh, yeah. but we're going to be right back. And then I want to know more about exactly what you think we should be doing differently than what we're doing now. Okay. Uh, but we'll be, we'll be right back with this quick message. Do not move a muscle. Okay, we're back. So now, tell me more. Okay, so you've, you've given me one thing, which is mm -hmm. Americans shouldn't have an emotional relationship with their job. Uh, your job will leave you. Don't be afraid to leave it. Is that a good way of restating it? 100%. Okay, so now what, what next? <laughs> so I think that the next thing is uh, if you do not want to work for yourself, because quite frankly, it's a lot of work, 
up level your job. Like just that simple. Look like build in a significant raise as you change your job. And when you like that one thing alone will change your life. I have someone in my life that has always significantly under earned throughout their life. And recently they were looking for work. And finally I was just like, why do you keep putting your name on applications that don't pay you money. Like there was just a really weird disconnect. I'm like, you're putting your name. They kept talking about how they weren't earning enough. And I'm like, but you're putting your name on these applications. And so I got, I finally got this person. I convinced this person to get out of their way and to start applying for jobs, making twice the amount that they used to. And they did. And they're so happy. Like, they're so freaking happy. That one thing alone, when you're changing jobs, building in a raise is huge. The other thing is just figure out what do you want your day to look like? Right now is the best time to do that. I think we have another year and a half to two years of roadway around like really being able to aggressively lifestyle design our workday. And if you're working for someone else, they are doing work from home. They're doing flexible schedules. Some people hate work from home. So maybe it's like, hey, can I like come in? And I like to come in six to three. And then you have time to be with the kids or six to two. And then you have time to like decompress, go do your thing and then be with the kids, like depending on what your life looks like. So really being clear if you're in a nine to five on your lifetime, lifestyle design, right? I work for myself. That's a different conversation around lifestyle design. I'm very aggressive about how my, my days look so that I'm happy. So this is really about how to design your lifestyle to suit you. Um, it, yeah. Right? I mean, don't let your life happen to you. Happen to your life. Right. And so I think uh, it's cliche, but people just will be like, like I said, this person in my life was putting their name all the time on these low paying jobs. And I was like, why? is this happening? <laughs> yeah. And then they would always talk about how they don't get paid enough. And I'm just like, but you're putting your name. So this, it's like, don't accept that this is the only way to do a thing. Yeah. You know, um, you know Michelle, I've written a couple of books uh, on money. I've written five books on money, but the, but uh, when we talk about lifestyle, one of the things that I've said over and over, uh, cause I've been doing this for 40 years uh, is the purpose of life isn't to be rich. It's to be happy. Exactly. And, and so the first thing, you know, that I advise people to do, not the first thing, but a first thing is to see where you are right now. Just like you would take stock of where your money is if you were doing a budget, take stock of where your life is. If you, you judge yourself on a scale of one to 10, say, or whatever, on, on health, wealth, um, love, happiness. In other words, these are the things that determine how, how the quality of life that you have. And so exactly. you, have, you have to decide what's important for yourself. And then you need to design what you need to make what's happening outside match what you're feeling inside. So it, when, once you figure out what it's going to take to make you happy, which is unique for all of us, uh, then all you have to do is start doing the things that feed that and stop doing the things that don't. And, and that, exactly. that's true when it comes to both time and money. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, And I was cool. going to say kind of along with that, too, when you talk about like looking at what you want your life to look at, like 
and taking stock of where you're at with your finances, you also need to say, okay, what do my finances need to be uh, to get from point A to point B? Um, like, how, what, how do I reverse engineer that, right? Because like a lot of people, um, when I first moved to Idaho, I had this, this goal, I was like, I want to stop making six figures a year. I don't need to make six figures a year. And I'm working my butt off to make six figures a year. But now that I'm moving to Idaho, I would rather have time. I, I mean, mm-hmm. that never worked. I still, I, I, make, I make six figures a year. But like, but, but, the, but the idea was, if I'm going to make that, I, then I need to find what Michelle was saying, I need to find stuff that pays better. Uh, so I have more time in my life. And so really looking at that, and then also figuring out, okay, now I know what my values are. Now I, I want my life to look at that. Now, let me look at my spending, let me look at where I'm at with my money. Is that supporting that, right? Like, yeah, I have a whole, like I had a whole pile of knickknacks at one point and I was like, well, I would like to travel. How, how come I don't have enough money to travel? And then I looked and I was like, oh, because I have all of these knickknacks that I don't care about. And so there you go. Exactly. When I started you're lining with that, you're lining your, in, mm-hmm. your outsides with your insides. Right. And so which, then when so, I started doing important. that, yeah. 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 And, and so I talked a lot about kind of, I think, more mindset related stuff. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the money, yeah. um, it like th- this is a slightly different like conversation. Right. So to Miranda's point, where are you now? Um, so for me, I'm always kind of again, I work for myself now. So I'm always in this like constant evaluation phase. Like, how does my money help me to meet the goals that I have or take care of the, the things that I need to ca- take care of. And um, with the money that I have now, how can I have the life that I want to live now? So what, what does that look like? So I um, do certain things to help uh, like expand my, my income in ways that don't uh, require me to work more. An example of this actually is I have a car share. So I participate in a car share. I'm obsessed with it. I am now a board member of this car share. I've been asked to be a board member. I am now a board member. And car share allows me to, the, the car share allows me to have access to a vehicle, a fleet of vehicles here in the state of Colorado. It's a, a nonprofit, by the way. These are hybrids. So one, I care about the earth. So I love that it's hybrid. It's, it's, uh, cost friendly, that kind of thing, but it also saves me a significant amount of money each year because I don't have a car. Like I don't need to have a car. I live by the light rail. I can walk, I can bike, but if I want to go to the mountains, I need a car. Like I like just to make my life easier. I need a car. So, so having this membership that I pay 13 bucks a month gives me back thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that I don't have carrying costs for a car. Um, I have a small property. So as we know right now, the big conversation is around housing affordability. And for some people that could be renting for some people that could be, should we, should we purchase? I was very fortunate to purchase years ago, but it's an awkward property. But when I bought it, I was like, well, it's in the, a really good neighborhood in town. And even though it's awkward, it suits my needs now. I didn't think I'd be living in it as long as I have been. But anyway, um, but because I bought this small property that suits my needs right now, I 
even with the carrying carrying costs, it's a significant savings to me while earning um, equity. Uh, and I will share candidly what my mortgage is, and you'll be like, no. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I pay 540 bucks a month with on, in my Denver, Colorado property in wow, my mortgage. That's cheap. Um, it's nothing. It well, is you know, literally th- this nothing. Break, you know, listening to you, both of you women, Aaron hasn't said much yet today. But <laughs> Aaron. Listening to both of you women reminds me of how different we all are and how important it is. Um, you know, what, one of the things, here's, here's one of my favorite expressions. It's, it's one of my favorites because I created it. Be aware of where you picture yourself because ultimately that's where you're going to be. If you picture yourself, see, I, I pictured myself earning seven figures, and I do. It took me a long time, but I did. I live in a house with no mortgage. Um, so, and, and I give tons of money to charities, animal charities primarily. But anyway, the point is I've thought of myself as this person for decades, and now I am this person. And, and I think often about what it is that makes me happy. And I try to surround myself with things that do. And I try to avoid things that don't. And often, this isn't the same thing as what society says that I should be doing. And, and, and again, going back to what I just said, it's way different than what you women picture yourself. So we all, the, the point really is, to me, is that everyone needs to do this, though. They need to picture themselves as where they really want to be. They need to examine their inner, their, their inner thoughts. They need to know what their values are. They need to picture where they want to be. And then ultimately... You don't even have to worry about where the money is going to come from or where, you know, if you just picture yourself in this spot, in this space, you will ultimately be there. And that's especially true if you surround yourself with people who can help you get there. But Stacy, here's the thing. One, you don't know that I'm not picturing myself as a seven-figure earner. <laughs> oh. and, and two, you're making, and two, it's very important to make the, the point that it's not a static thing, right? Like your right. like money is like a living being. It can go up and down. So right now everyone's chattering like, oh my God, there might be a recession. There's always a recession. I am over 30 years old. There's always a recession. <laughs> and so it, it's like, it's like fascinating to me how these youngins are talking about how, oh my God, there might be a recession. I'm like, bro, there's going to be a recession. So you, you just have to prepare and, and you know, figure out how you're going to be prepared for when it arrives. And, and it could be state-based, it could be nationally, or it could be both. Right. Um, and so for me, it like money is very much a living thing. My mindset around it, my actions around it. Sometimes I, I backslide a little bit. Like I'm, I'm one of those people who's always going to have to be constantly just checking in with myself about my mindset, especially as an entrepreneur, I need, I, I notice that I have to constantly check in to make sure that I'm moving forward in the direction that I want to be moving forward in. Um, likewise, you're right. Like that, that vision of where I want to be. Um, so my vision has really changed, not the financial piece, but the where has changed significantly. And so what that means and what actions that takes, um, I should also mention, like I was talking about the car and the housing, um, fun. So I spend a lot of time, uh, in the mountains. I love to travel obviously during COVID that, that didn't really happen. But when I travel, it's really interesting when I go to, to the mountains, there are a lot of like boutique hostels that I go to, um, nice enough to be an architectural digest. So they're, they're not shabby. And so what I did when I was like in like super debt repayment 
mode, I still took vacations, but I would go and stay in a hostel, bougie, very nice view of Breckenridge, like really, really nice. But I, I just kind of approached things differently. So I still had the same outcome. I would be in a shared room. Then maybe for other days, I'd be in my own room to kind of balance out the cost. So I think there's just a lot of ways to do a thing and have a really fulfilling Certainly. lifestyle. Um, it just depends on what you're willing to do and how you how creative you want to be. Do I want to share rooms with people now uh, in the same way? Eh, not quite as much, but I still do. I don't need to. Um, I like meeting the people. So it just depends on on what's comfortable for you. You're absolutely right. And you know what? We're almost out of time, guys. Uh, let, let me ask everybody, everybody on the podcast today. What if you if you were going to give advice to a 22 year old about how to live their best life, just a sentence or two, what would that be, Michelle? I, I want to be last on this one, actually. Okay, well, that's fine. I can. I'll pick on Miranda. Miranda, what do you okay. think? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think it starts by what you know we we're talking about, like figuring out what you want your life to look like, um, evaluating whether what you're doing with your money and your time now is helping you get there. And if it's not making changes in your life. So sometimes you have to tackle them small, right? Like paying down debt requires a debt pay down plan, paying, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So sometimes you have to start small, uh, building up like a travel fund, like how I have built up a travel fund um, and done that using investments disclaimers, <laughs> don't do it unless you have high risk tolerance kids. But, um, but, but, you know, that took some time and small steps till it starts to, to snowball. So I think um, we're not talking about like, just one day you wake up and you completely overhaul your life. That's not practical. But taking these small practical steps to change your money mindset, and then also change how you're tackling your priorities, how you're making those small changes, uh, so that you can eventually get to where you see yourself. Cool. Aaron, how about you? Um, I think it's interesting as you're young, you know, you think you have all the time in the world and time seems to go really slow. Um, so it's, I don't know how you impress self-actualization at a young age. Not everybody has that. Um, I think this conversation is really funny uh, because it seems like a very 21st century advanced society conversation. Mm. You know, 15,000 years ago, you're just waking up worrying about where you're going to eat today. And I think there's a lot of people in this world still probably doing that. Good point. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's different for everybody and it's, it's hard to pinpoint how do you get, what do you want out of life when I think everybody wakes up to it differently. And by the time you get old, what seemed to like be forever, time goes even faster. So, Hey, I'm living in dog think, minutes right now. <laughs> think time's going slow for me. Oh no. Dang, Stacy. Super fast. Okay. Michelle, lay it on me. Give me, give me your okay. best advice. Um, I think so. I think the one thing I would have done differently younger is um, study money more. I, di I didn't have people telling me to study money and how it works and the, the, just to understand the skills needed to really um, be a good steward of my money. I was a great worker. Like a lot of people that you know who are bad with money are great workers, right? They show up, they give 115%. They're the first person there, the last person to leave. They're, they're, they're volunteering for extra things. That was me. Um, but I didn't really have the financial management skill set because no one told me about it. And so part of me showing up on podcasts, having my own show is to talk about that without judgment because that wasn't talked about in my family. 
even though there were people who owned homes in my family, they worked hard, they did all these things, but to have this conversation around money and money management wasn't like, that's a very, to Aaron's point, that's very now, right. Um, in the way that we're having it. So I think just, I, I would encourage anyone who's in their twenties now, like study money. Don't let people shame you for your decisions. If you mess up, you'll find out and you'll have to learn from it. If you succeed, you'll find out, you'll learn from it. Like it's it's constantly evolving. Um, as long as you're alive, you can make uh and you're 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 well, if you're do if you're physically well, you can you can constantly make, you know, adjustments and so on and so forth. I think the other thing is focus on earning. I I wish someone had like when I was just a little itty bitty, someone had sat there and been like, the biggest thing you could do is grow your income. Like this is, this is the thing. <laughs> um, and I feel like in personal finance spaces, we literally do not talk about this enough, how you can, you can use the same skill sets and change the industry that you're in and just have a huge bump. So again, the person that I was referring to earlier they doubled their income. They doubled their income because they, they use the same skills, double their income. They are happy as a clam. Yeah, and I wish someone had said something like that to me. Yeah, that's good advice and, and, and something everyone should pay attention to. I wrote down a few little things. You know, there, there are things that I've written before. But, I mean, I would say think about what makes you happy. And don't think about what society says should make right. you happy. Think about what really makes you happy. Be prepared to screw up. You will fail and be, be, be able to move past it. Because if you don't fail, then you're not trying hard enough. Be aware of who you associate with. Find people who can move you forward. Do not hang around people who are not taking you the direction that you want to go. And that's really important. And, and finally, I would say, you know, don't compare yourself to other people. It's such a mistake. Facebook, I, can, I, I was on Facebook until about two years ago. And, and now I'm on it sometimes. And now I see what the problem is. You're watching everybody else have a great time. And boy, does that make you feel tiny. And what a dumb thing to do. Don't ever compare yourself with other people. Do what's right for you. Figure out what that is. And then align what you're doing on the outside with the way you're feeling on the inside. And you will be like me one day. You will be happy and you will be rich. <laughs> That's I what I would it. say. <laughs> and then post it on Facebook, it. all that you're doing, and then get wealthy. There you make go. everybody else feel sad. Yes. Do you love right? what you do? No. I do. That's why I'm not retired. I love what I do. I, I love what I do, um, but now I'm my own, I run my own business, but it, like, I personally am very progressive, and so the way that I built my business leans into my personal beliefs, and I feel very uh, in alignment in terms of how I live my life how I serve people, what have you. You, you could be very conservative and do the same thing. Um, uh, it, it's just, I, I'm a much happier person. Um, and I work a hell of a lot less and it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I so. agree with both those things. I, I, I also am progressive and I also hardly work at all. <laughs> and, it's, and it's great. <laughs> and you know what, guys? We are really out of time. In fact, we're over time. So there's my music. Okay. We are out of time, guys. We're never out of topic, though. You got to dig a little deeper. You got to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more to spend less, to retire rich, like your Uncle Stacy, your online <laughs> home is moneytalksnews.com. That's moneytalksnews.com. Also, visit Miranda, her online home. That's Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And of course, 
visit Michelle at her website. That is michelleismoneyhungry.com. Michelle, that's a great website name. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, please tell us about it. Email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to this podcast. Takes you two seconds. Really helps us out, though. So if you like us, don't just sit there. Show us and subscribe. I'm Stacy Johnson. And I'm Miranda Marquette. And I'm Aaron Freeman. And I'm Michelle Jackson. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. We'll see you right here next time.